0: it's the friendly fire show episode 259 for the end of the year like literally the end of the year it's between christmas and new year's we're here we're hung over probably or maybe we're not who knows hopefully our voices don't betray us uh i'm one of your co-hosts steve wright joining me ben salter Hello, Ben. Happy almost New Year.
1: Yeah, happy happy Christmas to you and the fam and a happy New Year. We're in that period of happy holidays, as it's known. And when you just overindulge and eat too much and you need to see all the people, and that just means constant eating. It's that time of year.
0: Yes, well, and drinking. Do you see this red concoction? Do you see this red concoction that I have? This is my Christmas present to myself. Uh,
1: what, Bloody Mary, what is that?
0: It's, a, it's just a beer and clam. You, surely you oh, remember the beer and good. clam.
1: Canada. and I thought just <laughs> the beer was better. You ruined it by adding some, like, Clamato juice.
0: Reconstituted yeah. clam broth and tomato juice into my beer? No, it's much better that way. Let me assure you. And if you haven't had okay. the gloriousness <laughs> that is Clamato juice, you really should. It's, it's uh, not obtainable here, really and that's why i treat myself i have mm. a whole bunch of root beer downstairs too uh, as a christmas present to myself so that's cool i think
1: yeah you know? we don't really have christmasy <laughs> drinks in a, it's just constant boozing all the time so it's there's not like the australian christmas booze it's just booze well root I beer is
0: it. just it's not alcohol i guess i could put vodka in it and it wouldn't change the taste but uh then I would be wasting hmm. the root beer. Really, I'm just drinking the root beer. Uh, let's please move on from whatever I was trying to do c- comedically or something. I don't know. This is Survivor's long-running video game podcast. We try to be funny. It's more like just two friends talking and not caring what other
1: people think. So, uh, thanks for is, joining then. us. <laughs> kick us in, kick us into gear. It's the end of the year. All right. It's, it's yeah. What have we been doing the last few weeks on Survivor? <laughs> just slowly
0: trying not to die treading i think um but if uh if you mean specifically we've been counting down our game of the year awards and we're like two away we've gone through everything from sports game all the way to xbox game tomorrow morning's going to be playstation game and then we finish up with game of the year uh, i'm pretty happy Ooh. just to kind of spoil it all if you're listening to this you get like a two-day advance go if you really want do it um well, like everything was basically in twos, and it, like it wasn't like planned out or anything. It was just people voting for things. Um, Alan Wake got Game of the Year. Spoilers. Um, it only got Best Narrative from us, otherwise, so that's its two awards. Baldur's Gate Three got RPG in Direction. So, like you know, that's that was the Game Awards Game of the Year. That's kind of up there with Alan Wake as potentially Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave two to Spider-Man: Action Adventure and Best PlayStation Game uh i think that's it for the for the doubles um and in there there's tears of the kingdom there's oh hi-fi rush got uh, our best xbox and best audio uh mario kart 8 got best ongoing it's a, it's a good year for video games is i think what this list really says what what do you think of our list and yeah. the games
1: state of games in general very much the uh, what we've spoken about the last few weeks. It's it's been the year of the the big hitting sequel, the year of the remake, the year of the remaster, the year of the RPG. So if any of that is in your wheelhouse, what we probably were missing this year is is new stuff, stuff you hadn't really seen before. It's it's a lot of kind of comebacks and and direct sequels and things like that, but all worthy and great games. So like Alan Wake, huge gap between games really. Um, even Zelda, like Tears of the Kingdom, it's been a long time since. Um, Breath of the Wild came out. Like I think enough time has passed. Spider-Man feels more recent, but it's not really. I think it's just because we had the the half game in between makes it feel a little more recent than it really was. Yeah. Good to see it win some awards. It didn't win any at the Game Awards, uh, despite being nominated for like basically everything. I don't think it should have won Best Action Adventure. I think it's I think Zelda is clearly ahead of it. But mm. good game. Um, yeah, all around all around good. Uh, and a, a nice mix as well between different platforms. I mean, you've got Murray Kart Murray in there for best ongoing. You've got Hyper Rush and Xbox Game for best audio. You, uh, Spider-Man's in there. Like, a nice mix across the board. Uh, but at the end of the day, the the contenders for the game of the year have largely been multi-platform. So I think I think pretty much every outlet has gone with either Alan Wake or uh, Baldur's Gate. So the the two clear stands out this year.
0: Yep, and we'll talk about the, the two clear... Uh contenders a little bit later on Mm. it's weird like you're talking about sequels there's there's nothing in our list that isn't a sequel apart from star trek infinite which is basically a stellaris mod that's been licensed so i don't think that counts and um cocoon which is really really good it's like a like a 4d kind of puzzle game but it's very much like the limbos the insides like it's 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 a sequel but not which is good. Spiritual if you're, successor. Yeah, like if you like those games, you're going to like this. Um, it's it's very colorful. It's it's different in that aspect. It's, it's very colorful and full of light and sort of optimism, I think. I'm not sure. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but like puzzles that involve you from like going up and doing things in like the same space you're in, but also going to like different planes or like different kind of worlds. Um, so you really have to use your head, which is quite good so i like yeah I'd, I'd wholeheartedly recommend well most of the games 99 of the games on this list like i think our sports game forza motorsport like it just kind of filled the gap like we needed a sports game i think we're gonna probably survivor wise include fighting game in with sports next year i don't know if that would change things i'd probably give it to street fighter 6 personally in that yeah case.
1: they're all they're all the same yep
0: yep yeah. So I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about our game of the year? I just want to talk about 2003
1: in general. Nah. 2023. Oh, yeah. (laughs) uh, Not, you know, you just, that's a real throwback. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's look at the year in general. Look back on the year that was. Uh, I think nice to start with the biggest surprises, the things that we didn't really see coming. Hmm. And probably the thing that I didn't mention before, the, the year being, is it was the year of the epic shadow drop. Like, we had a surprising number of games, which we just, and it's out now, which is the thing, if you've listened to this podcast for the last, like, 10 years or however long it's been, that's always been our thing. Our thing's always, we, that's always our prediction. Every E3, we're like, it's going to be available today. They barely did it. This year, heaps um hi rush probably being the biggest so i think xbox didn't think it was going to be as big of a hit as it was and they just kind of announced and released it which was pretty cool and a a good way to get it publicity
0: yeah oh and it it was super fun it's that thing where like we didn't review it because it's on game pass it's free and it's immediate so by the time we played it formulated thoughts published like Mm. you don't care you could just be already playing it yourself um but i i played it through completion it's great it was like a a cool rock band-esque kind of rhythm game with some hack and slash just with a cool vibe and aesthetic with likable characters um i'm not sure why they thought this was going to be kind of low-key like this is a great game yeah it's weird and it outperforms starfield at least with us and i think that's accurate like Like, starfield's great but there's nothing to write home about i'd recommend hi-fi rush to someone in a heartbeat
1: Unless they were just trying a different release model for a game which was never going to be released at retail. I think that's a key part of it. There's there's nothing to consider in that regard. Uh, and then Metroid Prime Remastered was like it came out a few weeks later or something like that. Maybe a month or two later. Hmm. Uh, also awesome. So I think probably the best. And they, they kind of did it the other way. They did a, It's a shadow dropping today digital and we're going to release it at physical uh, retailers if you want to do that in like three or four months down the track. So um, we've covered that one in in high detail previously as well. Pretty much just as good as you can expect from a direct remaster. So not a remake, an actual remaster. The old games there. It's just touched up, newer controls, and priced reasonably. So this was sixty bucks, which means it got down to thirty bucks very quickly, Australian dollars. Uh, which is great to see. Not everything has to be one hundred and twenty-five bucks.
0: Yeah. Well, and this was like the year of Ben being very happy because you finally got your Metroid Prime Absolutely. remastered. If you if you had Metroid Prime mm-hmm. 4, you would have been happier, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, but you finally yeah, got possibly. your GoldenEye. Finally got your GoldenEye.
1: Not remastered. Well, just there you HD. go.
0: And on multi-platform too. It wasn't yeah. just a Switch thing.
1: So. Multi-platform, only playable on Xbox, I'd say, because it has modern controls added, which the Switch version doesn't, uh, which it just breaks your head trying to play this with a single stick. Uh, But yeah, I finished it. I got like nearly the thousand gamer score, did a lot of the weird, like, because that's like a fun way that achievements still apply for me. Doing the the weird little quirky things in a game, I really like to try to get the, get the thousand, uh, whatever the ones I missed are are the impossible, like super hard. I think you need to finish um, one of the missions in like two minutes or something, which is just impossible on the hardest difficulty. So not going to happen. I thought it hold up surprisingly well for a game of its era that, so it's it's not really remastered. Actually, it's not at all. It's just up res to HD. Uh, some people thought it was altered to be in widescreen. Not the case. The original game from the nineties had widescreen support, which is kind of wild. Uh, so it's just played. It's just forced to go into widescreen, even the switch. That's why the switch version has widescreen. It's just a straight emulation. So it's had less work to it than even this version. Hmm. Uh, yeah i think it held up um holds up surprisingly well considering how old it is noting that it's an ancient game so you need to kind of expect that you need to probably have the history with it i think if you would never played it and you tried to play it you'd be like what the hell uh but yeah finally and a a nice little game pass game as well you didn't have to really invest in it to play it
0: Nice. and i guess the 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 next big surprise of of the year is that cyberpunk actually got good i I don't think it was ever bad but that's because i was playing the series x version or the pc version and they were pretty optimized if you're playing on ps4 obviously it got pulled from the playstation store if you're playing on xbox one you'd have issues as well um but not only did cd project red kind of fix all the issues with update 2 they released a giant expansion with Ildris elba Ildris elba that's how you say it um called phantom liberty i haven't played it really yet have you had a chance to check out the dlc
1: no, and I, I actually might, which goes against my general rules of never playing DLC. But it, it's just so well loved, and it's it's kind of the redemption arc. Like it's the cyberpunk was so trashed on. I played the actual game properly maybe a year ago. I think I probably did it as my Christmas game last Christmas. Um, so it was it got good by then. Like a, a bunch of the dodginess was patched out. Then I remember after I'd played it, the 2.0 update came out, and they're like, we've changed a bunch of hot elements and like heaps of things have been fixed. But by that point, I'd already played it. Uh, and it, like, it felt good when I played it so still good that they're, they're continuing to improve it and get it to where they originally kind of pitched it and then they followed that up with like an epic news story to kind of make it worthwhile for people like us to go back to and play again so uh, yeah it's the, it's the full circle and it's kind of finally reaching the Disney heights that we expected it to originally
0: yeah I think the issue that I had is I tried to reload my original save and it's been like mm. a year and I had no idea what I was doing but you can load mm. into Phantom Liberty Where's with the way? The updates and everything, and just start a new game, but like, kind of get coached along, and I think that's what I need to do. Um, i heard nothing but good things about it, though, so I'm excited to to jump in. I'm probably gonna try to get to that before the end of the, the year, um, and we'll talk about what's time left, we'll Dave. What's what's your like Christmas yeah. time game? I think I I'm debating getting my butt around to playing Mirage because like Assassin's Creed used to be my Christmas jam, and I just like I wasn't really Good. vibing with it and it's kind of like I'm going to force myself to do it but I'm not sure if I'm going to even enjoy it which is horrible because you liked it but anyway it was and a what you back to
1: what I liked uh, <laughs> a, bit of a bit of a scattered dice approach from me um, dabbling in Baldur's Gate we'll, we'll chat about that more later I, I'm not going to finish it but I, I still enjoy it hmm. um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor which has been my game that I always have been I'm, like it's always been my next game in the queue And every time I almost get to it, something else has released and jumped ahead. So I haven't actually played it. Um, And I would love to before the end of the year. So I kind of think that's my last few days of 2023. That's what I'm gonna play. Um, And I'm also somewhat tempted to go and try the uh, GTA San Andreas dodgy definitive edition remaster. Um, So when I reviewed that ages ago, I I played through GTA three and Vice City and a bit of San Andreas. And by that point, it's like, this is rubbish. They patched it up a heap since then. I'm kind of tempted to go back and finish it because it's the only one of the three that I didn't. And uh, obviously the original game many years ago I did. And because of the GTA 6 Hyper, I'm like, maybe I'll go try it again. And it was always my favorite. That's also why I didn't really keep playing it because it's, it's the one I didn't want to tarnish the memory of the most. So I thought I'm just going to stop. But now I'm like, I'm tempted to try again.
0: Nice. Well, that's not how you go. We'll, we'll reconvene. Yeah. Maybe late January. We're gonna take a little bit of a break, I think, but we'll we'll see how we did. Um, hmm. Those are the good things about this year, and there's like every other game that we've already talked about. Also a good thing about this year. Um, lots of bad though, I think, in 2023, and we sort of, especially if we're the yeah. Game Awards, kind of skirt over that. And the biggest thing is, you know, there's been so many layoffs. Like I think the last count that I saw, like mid December, was like 9,000 jobs had been lost in the industry. We saw like League of Geeks just laid off like a whole team that worked on Jump Light Odyssey, and you know I think I think it was like forty or fifty percent of their workforce. I think they said don't not a fact-based show. Um, Embracer Group was buying up huge over the pandemic, and now is just letting people go left, right, and center. Uh, tons of of studios closing up. Ten Cent just let go of Team Kaiju reportedly. Um, it's it's dire. Um, so let's not talk about that. We've talked about that and it's depressing. So sorry to everyone who's lost their job. Tons of other things, though, like Google's Stadia, the the streaming service that was supposed to, you know, rival game cloud, Xbox game cloud. What the hell do they call it? Xbox cloud yeah, gaming, cloud X-Cloud. gaming. That's done. It it quit and it quit. It folded up in January. Yeah. Um,
1: that was this year. Crazy. And that just died suddenly. It was a real like, yeah. They just kind of said, nope, we're out.
0: Well, never even came to Australia. Um, and if you Good. somehow have yeah. an, X Cl- an X Cloud, a Stadia device, you have an extra year to turn on its Bluetooth functionality to use the controller elsewhere. But since Stadia doesn't exist, Like, if you haven't done that yet, why haven't you done that yet? You should do it. Uh, e is also gone. We talked about that last week. We talked about that for like two episodes back in April. I think it's it, mm. it was time. I think E3 has long been useless and like I met you there like there's a ton of good things that I remember about E3 but they're you know like the different time the 2017s and 18s of a kind of year not the the 2020 anything and before
1: really to be honest I think when they went public in 17 or 18 whenever it was that was kind of the the beginning of the end or even earlier really Hmm. Um, it was just there was there was really no coming back from the fact that it didn't know what it was anymore. Was it meant to be a trade show? Was it meant to be a media event? Was it meant to be a public event like PAX? Didn't really know and tried to be a little bit of everything. And it's, yeah, there was no way it was going to survive long term. The pandemic probably killed it quicker, but it was it was a bit confused for its last few years.
0: Yeah, well, and, you know... We could get into a larger chat about, you know, the the games journalist becoming more and more obsolete as as time passes and, you know, the message being controlled by publishers and developers exactly how they want it without the middleman or, you know, just dropping cash on influencers to say whatever they want. But uh, I digress. Uh, The eShop on Wii U and 3DS has shut down, which we've talked about this in the past. That means a lot of stuffs just no longer available. Like, if you don't have it you don't have it. And maybe we don't have it collectively That's, as society.
1: Yeah. That it's it's kind of mirroring how things are going with streaming elsewhere. Uh Nintendo's online service is a lot more limited. Um and you don't actually stream, you kinda of all those games are automatically downloaded, it, but it's the same type of thing where you just have the subscription and you get whatever's in the catalog. And it's way less than what was on the eShop or the 3DS and the Wii U. So heaps of games because the Wii U largely inherited a bunch of the Wii's each uh, virtual console games so there's just got kind of years worth of these old games which you could legally buy at a reasonable price like the the classic Pokemon Game Boy games were like 12 bucks or something. Uh, if you try to buy a cart of one of those on eBay they're way more than that so it was like a, an actual way to get those and they're not on the Switch um, Switch online not virtual console. so yeah just like heaps of games got lost and it's not that I go back and play them often, but it's the fact that they're just no longer in print or available to actually buy is is a bit disappointing.
0: Yeah. Well, like I've got that Xbox disc of the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer game that it still goes into my Xbox Series... No, it doesn't. it doesn't. It does not go into my Xbox Series X because the license doesn't work, but I can pull out the 360 and put that in the 360 and play it. Um, if that disc scratches beyond repair, like, it's gone. That's It's sad and... The more time progresses, the more things like that happen. Games are just lost to time. Good games, nostalgic-inducing mm. games that are lost to time, which is which is absolutely. Sad. But I don't know. I don't know what we're doing about it. Nothing. Embracer was supposed to to have some sort of game, uh, history, historical museum kind of thing, but I'm sure that's been canned with all their. It's probably off monetary woes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that was that was Nintendo's biggest failing. I think the biggest L's for the year go to, go to Xbox. They had two pretty major ones. One is just the Series S's general failings handed the PS5 and Sony, and it's ex- a timed exclusive of Baldur's Gate 3. So an RPG, which obviously they weren't as worried about, and it happened to launch at exactly the same time as Starfield, and it just massively overshadowed it. So that was not meant to be on PlayStation three or four months earlier than Xbox. It just happened to be because of the Series S. Um, probably some good came out of it like Phil conceded that not everything needs absolute parity between the consoles resolution aside so the Series S doesn't have the same local co-op features that the Series X and the PS5 have, I think that's fine like it's a good solution if you want to play the game if the game is still there on Series S I think that's probably what they need moving forward to stop these things happening in future but uh, yeah that was, that was a, a real big mistake on Xbox's behalf
0: Oh yeah, oh, like and like it's 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 on xbox and it's had crashing issues it's had save issues like it's just the stuff like i don't know what like larian just stopped working on the xbox version because they couldn't get it out in time and said yeah nah we're done so it's like now it's just a game of catch up in so many different ways which it's you know i don't think there's a lot of people deciding they're going to play this on xbox for the first time they're like oh maybe i'll try it and i like i've played it we'll talk about it later like it's yeah, it's, it's all right, but it's not necessarily for me and the people that would have lapped it up, you know, had to go to PS5 or PC months ago, years ago, if we're talking about PC. So that just means, you know, less sales that Microsoft takes a 30% cut of.
1: Yeah, entirely Microsoft's fault. They didn't come to the table early enough. Um, Larry and I think tried to go to them and ask, could we get around the Series S rule? And they just got told the parody line. Uh, and it wasn't until it was a mega hit on PS5 and they Sony, uh, Xbox realized their mistake that Phil went and spoke to them personally about it. Um, so yeah, entirely they're, entirely they're failing. Their other big one, which is probably even bigger, was the fact that they killed off Xbox Live Gold as a brand and just totally made a hash of it. They, they turned it into Game Pass Core, they didn't make Game Pass Core a, a useful thing. Like they just, they've confused the Game Pass subscriptions. This was, if they were ever going to kill off Xbox Live Gold, which is probably their strongest brand outside the console itself, uh, they should have done, we're going to make multiplayer games free because they are on to play um, and they are on PC. And so they're they are so big on play anywhere, choose a device. We want you to empower you to play where you want, but then we don't charge you on PC to play. We do on Xbox deal. It kind of seemed like that could have been their big move to to one unified just have the one subscription brand but two get a step ahead of the competitors and and kind of do that but instead they've just made it messy the fact that the the different tiers it doesn't level up to the like the middle tier of game pass doesn't have paid multiplayer in it which is just crazy it's yeah. too complicated there's so many
0: broken things about both playstation plus and xbox game pass and like PlayStation just raised its pricing like astronomically, and that could have been like, oh, this is the worst thing to happen. But Microsoft has made it so confusing as to what you're getting and what you need to get for what you want. It's like, I mm. updated all the gift guides that I do each year. Like, God are giving a console, here's your thing. And like, just trying to remember exactly what happens with Game Pass was a nightmare. It's like, okay, so now there's there's Core. So cloud saves and stuff isn't part of that. You get cloud saves if you have a Microsoft account. So don't worry about that. You don't have to pay. But if you want to play online multiplayer, that's core. And you get like 36 or something, 36 plus asterisk games. And then you could, if you wanted to do the the Game Pass proper, then you get Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. But that doesn't have online multiplayer, but it has more games to download like a Netflix style. It's just a nightmare. And then if someone's kind of like used to the PlayStation style, it's like, okay, so cloud saves aren't, on any tier, but you can get plus to get cloud saves. So if you have multiple consoles, you need that, especially if you're going to bounce between them. Um, but then in Australia, we have Deluxe, which means you don't get this or that because premiums here. Like, I if you weren't yeah. living and breathing this, I have no idea how you would keep up. Like, it takes, like, a chart and, like, 20 minutes to explain on either side, Xbox or PlayStation, what's going on. And, yeah, Sony kind of stuffed up because they've charged way more than i think anybody wants but like microsoft's is just incredibly confusing now and people are going to buy core and think they get game pass proper or people are going to buy game pass proper and think they can go and play call of duty and they can't because that's the different like oh it's just
1: it's a loop of madness It's super confusing <laughs> yeah I'm let's more, go back I, to happier times uh, good. Go back to the happier times. Let's go. So we've we've had the the big wins, the losses. I think, or maybe the surprises. I think there were also some unexpected wins. So let's let's end on a high. The things that we didn't think were going to be as massively successful as they were. Uh, Baldur's Gate Three. Now it's the time to talk about it. It's been out in early release for ages, but I think the it's kind of an example of doing early access right. In that it got its proper release and it got all this publicity. It got rave reviews, uh, and it's it's way bigger of a hit and kind of more mainstream, almost cyberpunk level mainstream than i really expected. Um, yeah. everyone i've heard playing it loves it. It's not the type of game i'd normally play and yet i still really like it. Like i've only played about 4 hours. I'm not going to finish this game. It's i just don't have the hundreds of hours to put into it. I'm also the combat is too slow for me. I'm not really a turn-based player for that duration. And yet i still really like it. Like it's i can get it. Like from the opening cutscenes and the opening kind of introduction to the story it you can tell why it was so well loved. Like it's just got that vibe about it. The story seems quite engrossing. Uh, Kind of wish there was maybe a a more of a story mode that kind of cut down a lot of the combat. Um, Even on Explorer difficulty, like you still need to go through the turn-based, very slow D&D style um, kind of action. So it just takes forever. But I also get it. If they they took that out, like that's the game. So like it's D&D the game. So that would kind of be why. Uh, I think you do need to either know the rules of D&D, which I don't, um, or you need to be a very savvy gamer that can kind of pick these things up. Like as soon as you're thrown into combat, there's a two-second tutorial and then you've got like several rings of actions and it's it's very much a, you either need to just be able to pick this stuff up pretty quick or you need to already know the rules. I think that's yeah. kind of its only thing that might hold it back going a bit more mainstream. But yeah, I, I even if I don't play it that much, I get why people love it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything you've said. I, I am kind of overwhelmed by choice at some times. Like, I know every game has, like, the speech check or, like, a star field. Like, you know, like, it says persuasion in square brackets and you fail. And you're like, oh, well. Mm. But, like, the dice roll, for some reason, like, really makes me anxious. Like, oh, no, I failed that. What if I could have been best friends with this elf, and maybe they would have been in my party as opposed to me just like slaughtering them mercilessly because I didn't get that check. Like it's exactly the same mechanic in a game, but like the dice roll of it, I don't know, just kind of like yeah. makes me seize up a bit. And I'm like, oh, I should, I should go back to a saving. I should, I should try again. I should, and like y- it's, it's exactly what you think it is. You just go, oh, okay, like let me do this like force hand wave and the person you're speaking to says yes like you're not besties they don't get to like join your party but i'm just so i don't know why it is with that i think that's just something unique to the dice roll mechanic that i need to get over um i like it it's just there's a lot i don't i i didn't know what i thought it was going to be cuz i hadn't really read or seen a lot of baldurs gate before i went in so i wasn't expecting kind of like the top down camera i was thinking it was going to be like a first or third person kind of like over the shoulder or like through eyes sort of rpg i I don't know why i decided that but that's kind of thrown me as well um i could see people getting incredibly immersed in it i just it's the thing of like i don't know if i have time and i'm not like a huge fantasy person so i can i can appreciate the quality of the game it's just kind of not for me um which yeah. is absolutely fine. Uh, Alan Wake Two is clearly my Game of the Year uh, winner. In in uh, the site agreed with me, thanks writers, but also like that's my personal one. Um, you've you finished it now? I think
1: is that right? Finished it finally. Some many weeks after the spoiler cast, where you can go back and listen to that if you want the full chat. So we won't go full spoilers here. Uh, yeah, finally finished it. It was one that I had to just get on my get on my list and actually play and definitely a game i'd recommend playing in like the week span or whatever yeah uh not one to go back to because you kind of need to keep keep up with what's going on i would only just played past um the musical section before the game awards and that's why that's not a spoiler because they played the song live Uh, i kind of feel like if i hadn't have just played that i would have no idea what's going on during the game awards and i only kind of twigged afterwards that like hang on a second if you haven't played alan wake that whole sequence would have been really weird to you, um, <laughs> but yeah, very great game overall. I think I can see why people love it so much. I can also see why people be confused by it. I don't think you need to have played Alan Wake one to play this. Um, it's definitely a lot more modern to play through. There is a remaster of the original if you want to play that. But yeah, it's it's very much a slowish pace, but still edge of your seat kind of game. Like it's not a quick six hour game. It's there's a bit of meat to it. But at the same time, you always kind of edge of seat of what's about to happen next. Part of that's because of the jump scares. It does love a little, let's just throw something in your face. Uh, but also because you're trying to unravel what's actually happening, as Alan is trying to as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, I, I've i played it fully, like basically twice because I, I missed a video that was kind of broken and glitched. and I could have waited, but you know me and Achievement. So I've played it like twice on Xbox, once on playstation 5 all the way through and like halfway through on pc wow well like i love alan wake 2 but i can only play alan wake 2 fully so many times so the final draft came out and i started again and i just kind of i couldn't do it not because i wasn't enjoying it but just because like i'd seen 95 percent of the beats before and i'd already played it enough times that like most people would have you know been playing the second or maybe third time not the fifth time Um, to get the beats so um, I will send you a video there's like 14 or so minutes of new content in the final draft that kind of gives you the like I'm not going to spoil what Alan says at the end of the game but like it plays to that trope that theme Um, so you can kind of see the extra stuff that Remini's added in Um, that if I don't get another Alan Wake game for 13 years like that final draft ending has like I'm good for 13 years so I need to wait 13 more years like it's, wow. in a, it's in a good place and of course it's not going to end there because there's the remedy connected universe there's control stuff that's happening everything kind of feeds into everything else which is just a really amazing thing and but like you were saying I don't think you need to have played Alan Wake I don't think you have to have played Control or Max Payne but of course if you're digging these things Quantum Break as well like the more remedy things that you play the richer your experience is going to be. Um, and I would wholeheartedly suggest if you've digged Control or Alan Wake 2 or any of these games, kind of just tap into the rest of them. Quantum kind of Breaks yep. on Game Pass, Max Payne 1 and 2 are about to be re-released by Remedy in a remastered format. Um, it's a good time to be a Remedy fan. We eat in good family, so yay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I think this one has gone a bit more mainstream than previous Remedy games. Max Payne aside, uh, I think kind of they were all like the original Alan Wake and Control. Control's my favorite of Remedy's releases by far, I think. Um, and Quantum Break to a lesser extent. I think the TV thing kind of threw some people off. Mm. But this one is, is kind of gone. If it was that next level, if it was that Witcher 3 level of it. it's kind of transcended the the backstory and the history and its core fan base, and it's found a bunch more. Uh, part of that because it, it had such um, exposure at something like the Game Awards and I think also it's just had such coverage uh, and it, it came out in a real sweet spot of people have time to play it. There's a little bit of that recency bias of it's in the games we played recently so it's, it's memorable still. Um, and I think it's because it and Baldur's Gate 3 are the two that people are talking about. It has that point of difference. Like if Baldur's Gate's not your thing, Alan Wake probably is. And if neither of them are, then Spider-Man or Zelda are. Like, so it's kind of like you can go back to a bit. Both of those are safer games. Uh, both of these are a little bit more either um, dedicated or a little bit more obscure in the case of Alan Wake. I think you kind of need to be more into that type of thing um, or that kind of twist style mentality. So we good, generally speaking. There's, there's so much options um, amongst the games which are nominated for Game of the Year this year.
0: Yeah, well, and, like, it's not even just, like, in games. Well, like, date base games. Mm-hmm. We're getting DLC, like Resident Evil um, 4's Separate Ways DLC, like you were talking about the other week. Like, it's it's basically, like, it felt like a full game almost to me. It, it was works. priced at, like, 15 bucks, I think, Australian. And it was, you know, like a good six-hour experience. I'm, I'm fine paying 15 bucks for six hours. I'm good paying 60 bucks for six hours if it's something engrossing. And that's exactly what Separate Ways was so i think that was another one of those exceptions to your
1: rule where you played it and you're like yeah okay I'm, i'm down for that one of the one of the few dlcs i played and completed so absolutely worth it
0: nice i think the only only other unexpected win as you've put it is is the super mario movie and like yeah i agree but also was it unexpected i think it was almost unexpected because we we doubted the chris pratt of it all. I didn't really doubt the Nintendo Super Mario movie unless it was going to be live action with Bob Hosking.
1: I didn't think it would be bad. I thought it was going to be (laughs) like a serviceable kids like it does well enough but we kind of then forget about it movie. I didn't think it was going to go break records and make like a billion plus dollars almost instantly and for me to watch it and get through it and actually not mind Chris Pratt and Charlie Day and kind of just accept it a few minutes in and it was actually fine. so yeah i think it was I think it was an even bigger hit than i expected it to be nice. uh i mean, you knew we should have probably had faith like i we didn't really think they were going to stuff this up but it was yeah next level and now mario's got like a whole new generation of fans who know him as a movie character not as a game character which is wild
0: the mind boggles i don't i, I think the the live action zelda movie has more likelihood of being a proper unexpected win because i can't imagine that going no. well I, I hope i wish it the best but i have no no idea what's going to come of that but uh
1: no but we need to we need to end on a high so we'll we'll leave it on mario uh <laughs> i think that's pretty much it for this year i think we're ready for 2024 there's some games coming out at least but we we've, we've just gone through our mega backlogs so we still need to actually play so i think i'm stuck in 2023 for at least a few more days trying to get through some of these christmas new year games
0: well, the the highly anticipated for me, Prince of Persia Lost Crown, comes out on, like, the 18th of January, so maybe we'll have to reconvene mm. around then um, to talk about that, because I really, really liked it, my previews up on the website, if you are so inclined to read. There's also, like, a 10-minute gameplay video. It's, it's like Ori with weapons, and it's awesome, like, so... Ubi's done a lot of stuff that's not great in my opinion in the last little while but Prince of Persia is not it thankfully um, we know where you know where to find us, go to to click on our stuff to, to get us um, Ben, it's been a remarkable 2023 there's been a lot of highs and lows video game wise and personal wise congrats again on getting married uh, and I'm alive so that's my achievement for, for the year what a win thank <laughs> you It's always a pleasure. This brings a smile to my face every time we do it. So thank you, my friend, for wasting
1: half an hour every
0: week to shoot the shit with me.
1: Check games. And thank you, listeners, for coming on this journey with us. We'll be away for a few more weeks, but we'll be back next year with, well, now you've committed to it, Prince of Persia. So I look forward to coming back for that. It's good, though. You'll like it. Trust me.